0: اهلا وسهلا بيكم في حلقة جديدة من اسكت زيان البودك بس النهاردة الحلقة هتبقى مختلفة خالص لان احنا سجلنا مع كريس دو لو عايز تسمع الحلقة انجليش هتلاقيه على انكر هو هيحولك على كل البرادفورم اللي انت ممكن تسمع من عليها الاوديو بس لو عايز تسمعها بسبتايت العربي او الترجمة العربي ممكن تحول على اليوتيوب هتلاقي الفيديو بالترجمة العربي تعال نخش في الحلقة على طول
1: So first question, uh, who is Chris Do?
2: So my name is Chris Do and I was born in Vietnam. And my parents fled in 1975 to escape communism. We landed in Kansas City, Missouri. That's where our sponsor host family was. And within a few short years, we moved to San Jose, which is Silicon Valley. And that's where I spent the majority of my childhood amongst um, just kind of like like the urban American landscape. And it wasn't until I found my way into art that I figured out who I was. I grew up very shy, introverted, afraid to look at people in the eye. I was very self-conscious that I was very different than everybody else. I grew up in a predominantly white, middle to upper middle class neighborhood, and I really stood out. And it's a very strange thing to feel like you don't belong somewhere and I was constantly reminded of this because everywhere you go, you encounter, I think people who make a point to point you out, that you're different, they make fun of you, they throw racial slurs at you. So for a long time in my childhood, all I wanted to do was to be invisible because I didn't want to be the center of attention. I didn't want to be picked on and that's kind of, that was kind of my childhood, my formative years. Yeah, I think we're all searching for identity for meaning for purpose and for a lot of people we keep searching all our lives and we never find it luckily for me I started to draw when I was a young person and when I found an outlet for that that started to give me a sense of who I was at least I was good at something but I didn't think there was a career in drawing uh, there was no examples within the vicinity of the people that I knew that this was such a thing I saw comic books and comic books were great. The art was incredible and their skill and craft in making images was really powerful and it really influenced me even till this day. But I didn't think I had that kind of skill. So eventually I find my way into graphic design and then I thought to myself, yeah, this is something I think I can do and I can learn aided by the computer. I could make something.
1: What is your advice for people who uh, want to learn design?
2: If you want to learn design, I think you need to begin at the beginning, which is the foundation. I think you need to learn typography. Surprisingly, typography will teach you a lot about the formal relationships between things that you lay out on a page. It doesn't matter if it's type, shapes, images, illustration, or even an abstract pattern. Type teaches you to learn or to to balance uh, images on the page so that there's contrast scale proportion negative space balance and harmony that's what topography will do for you
1: what is your advice for people who are already working in the design
2: if you're already working in the design field and you want to grow you have to identify what areas you want to grow in it could be craft which is what a lot of people want to do they want to get better at craft making which is to spend more time refining and developing a process of what you already do Those are good things to do. And the majority of the people that you look up to will tell you the same thing. Work on your craft, don't compromise, be passionate, infuse your work with ideas, that's fine. You may ask yourself, maybe I wanna be a better communicator and growing in that way will help me. So then you need to learn how to speak and articulate your ideas and your thinking and to express them with confidence, to be very precise and intentional in the words that you choose. That's another way you can grow. You may want to grow in areas that are kind of unusual and outside of the typical conversation around design. You may want to grow as a marketer to understand what it means to sell ideas visually through language. Or you might want to understand how businesses work. So then you become a business designer and you think about the customer, the user experience, and how you can not just deliver satisfaction but go to delight. If you can deliver delight, then you have a customer for life.
0: Let us say if someone started in, the, in this field and work in many directions like, like branding, motion and photo manipulation, what's your advice to him to choose a specific field to continue, continue in?
2: I think creative people, especially designers and artists, are very divergent thinkers. We like to try and explore different things, and this is what makes us strong. Simultaneously, being a divergent thinker makes you weak because you can't go very deep. Like one day, you want to explore logo design, the next day, you want to do packaging, identity systems, interaction design, UX, and the list goes on and on AR, VR, M- um, MX, or all these kinds of things. So you're. You're trying to explore so much that you can't get any real depth of expertise. So this is where it's helpful to talk about the T-Skill from, I think it was from IDEO that coined this phrase, the T, like the letter T. It has a short crossbar and a long vertical stem. And if you look at that and you say like, what is the thing that I practice 10,000 times? What have I spent 10,000 hours developing and harnessing? I think we need to look at that because you want to go an inch wide and a mile deep. You want to go really deep because those people tend to get the best opportunities. They're the best known, even famous. So when you sit, or sit back and you ask yourself, who's the most famous or well-known logo designer? A couple of names will come to mind. And almost always when you ask that question, they've been doing that same thing consistently over and over again. Here's an example. There's a Netflix documentary that's called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And it is a profile of perhaps the greatest sushi chef in the world. And his aspiration is to do the same thing consistently for as long as possible. And at first you think, that's a crazy idea. But when you really get into it and his spirit behind it, you understand why you can really appreciate the craft and why it, it takes weeks to get into his restaurant and why it costs so much to eat at his restaurant. And then he becomes the most well-known, highly regarded person of his craft. I think that's what it takes. You got to start to reduce the amount of noise and the distractions that you have to focus in on one thing. So the question is then, what should you focus on? I think you have to look at yourself, have a level of self-awareness and to understand
1: what you're better at than most people And do that thing what do you know about the Middle East design market I know very little
2: about the Middle East market but I know that there's more in common than there are differences yes I understand there are cultural ways of behaving but I think a lot of people who, who work in a developing country or developing market that they think oh the rules about commerce and value and negotiation don't apply here it's not true Everywhere I go, it's almost always the same problem. And you may be shocked to hear this. When I go and speak and do lectures and workshops on pricing, even in America, they say, oh, it's different where you're at. I know it's different, but it's not that different that it's an excuse not to try the things that I'm saying. Every market, I've been able to help at least one person do something remarkable that other people say were impossible to do. You have to make a decision for yourself right now. Am I going to be the exception or am I going to be like everyone else?
1: Uh, Pricing is a huge problem. As you know, in Egypt, you are facing this problem. I want your advice for how to deal with that problem.
2: Yes, it is next to impossible to convince someone of the value of something that they themselves do not see. You need to understand that because if you have a client who says, I just need a logo, and I don't care what it looks like and I don't want to pay anything. No amount of skill, of training, of persuasion that I could ever teach you will convince that person. So once you've identified that this person doesn't care about the thing that you make, you need to ask yourself or you need to redirect the conversation in one of two ways. You can say, well, this is not a good fit for me and move on. Or you can say, well, obviously, the logo is not important to you at all. What is important to you? They may say packaging, they may say the product design, or a marketing campaign, or a great website, or something else that you cannot do. But you need to be brave enough to ask that question, because you should only focus on doing the things that matter and have an impact on the client's business. Now, luckily, in developed countries in the West, more companies have found the value of design and how it can be a killer differentiator. That's like... What makes you different and better than everyone else now you I know this because I go and travel to parts of Asia and to to some developing countries too that when you walk into the mall the marketplace it's littered with logos and type and price points and it's just it's a total mess and I understand the local culture thinks that yes if you bombard overwhelm people with information and details that they will buy but they don't understand anything about branding and marketing then because the way that we make decisions is emotional not rational we have a feeling about something and then we use our logic to rationalize why we should buy something this is why when you walk by something something beautiful it catches your breath you lose your breath you're like wow and then you investigate So what they're doing is they're selling in a way that is very antiquated and not actually based in reality they're trying to tell you all the details about what's going on that's not why i buy if you walk into an apple store it's the exact opposite they spend an inordinate amount of time crafting the user experience and it begins with the space the lighting the floor plan how things are displayed and how people in the store greet you and let you do what you need to do the minute you've made a decision or you need help they are there and they take you through the process and everybody that works there can check you out meaning that you don't have to wait in a line this is why Apple is so successful so if a business owner is sitting there thinking I want to be more successful than my competitors John and Mary I have to do something to be different. That's the kind of customer you want.
1: Client edits is another problem we are facing. So how you are dealing with it? Some of those
2: concerns from the client are legitimate because designers tend to make things illegible or lacking of contrast. So for those ones, what you should do is totally listen. The client can be your partner. The client has objective eyes. But put it, let's put that aside. Let's say you are a professional that you've done a really good job and they're scared. They're scared to make the logo smaller or of a certain color because they don't understand that. Well, this is the challenge of design. So you have to be able to tell them a story visually or through words why they need to do it this way. What I would do is I would ask them a few questions. They say, the first thing you need to do is you need to acknowledge something. You need to say, oh, I understand. It sounds like you want me to make the logo bigger so that they feel like they're heard. This is very important. Then you would follow that up with, I'm curious, why do you want the logo to be bigger? And you should smile when you're saying this. They might say, Well, I'm concerned that when it fits on this package or it it sits here that people can't see it. You're like, oh, okay, so with that kind of context, you only want it to be bigger in that application. And they say yes. So they don't want the logo to be bigger. Just they want it to be bigger in some instances. Or perhaps maybe the background texture is making the logo get lost or there's not enough contrast. So if you're saying to them, there's a legibility issue that I'm hearing from you, will you allow me to try to use my creativity to solve this in a number of different ways, one of which might be to make the logo bigger? And then usually they say yes, because you've heard them. You're going to go back and you're going to think about the problem and try to come out with something creative. The wrong way is to ignore it, to fight it, to try to justify it. Those are usually problematic relationships. And... You need to know this, whenever there's a problem, you are at least 50% of the problem, but you're 100% the solution.
1: How can designers use personal branding?
2: Let's just understand the word branding first, okay? And then we'll add the word personal because I don't want people to get confused. It's really important to understand what branding is. Branding is not a logo. Branding is not a typeface, a color palette, or what something looks like. Branding is a person's gut feeling about a product, service, or company. And you can't control it but you can influence it and if you look at branding as a holistic view it's everything that you do that creates an impression on a person so if you have a slick marketing campaign beautiful packaging but the product doesn't work that's part of branding or the product works or it works really well but some people have concerns or questions about it and they call customer service and they're very rude or the, the cue to get in to talk to a human being is really long that's branding so now all we have to do is add the word personal in front of it so it relates to people instead of companies okay well everybody already has a personal brand if you think about it if you ask mom what do you think of me your mom will tell you you're my baby Or you're the rebel or you never listen. You're the black sheep. That's your personal brand to your mom. And then if you get feedback that the the personal brand that people think about you isn't desirable, isn't good, you have to ask yourself, why? What am I doing to create this impression on people? So people have labeled you as flaky, inconsistent, unreliable. Search back in your mind. Ask yourself, have I done things to create this impression on people? Chances are you have. You've made promises that you don't deliver on. Or you're consistently late with appointments, with deadlines. That's problematic. So the personal brand comes from you, your core values, and what you do consistently. Notice I said what you do. Not what you say, not what you think. Because talk is cheap. Now, when we're talking about developing a personal brand to attract clients, we've got to look at the way that you communicate to the outside world. The outside world mostly only knows what you put out. So if you are very shy on social media, if you don't publish work, if you don't make a point to get known, if you don't do public speaking, you don't write, you don't publish white papers or articles. Well, first of all, nobody knows you. So your personal brand is nothing. let's say you start to do some of these things and one day you write an article about user experience design another day you write an article about packaging or logo then your personal brand is quite confusing to people what is it that you do who are you and if you write in a way that's really boring and stiff well your personal brand is a boring and stiff person so here's what I think the world is is over communicated there's too much information out there there's no shortage of information there is shortage of personality and people that you can relate to perhaps one of the reasons why you and I are talking is because I look different than a lot of people that are producing videos I sound different and my point of view is quite different too and I'm okay with that Russell Brunson writes in his book, Dotcom Secrets, that there are four characteristics of being an attractive character. To me, one of the most important characteristics is to be polarizing, that you stand for something that you stand against something. In the pursuit of trying to develop client relationships, many of us decide we don't want to stand for anything because we don't want to alienate or offend any client wind up saying things in a very boring and generic point of view now there's a place for that too if that's who you are but what I found a lot of encouragement from is to lean into what makes me interesting unique and different so I'm a person who's a refugee from Vietnam escaped communism check I'm Asian American living in Los Angeles I used to make videos I taught for over 15 years And I have experience in motion graphics, directing, and live action. That starts to become my narrative. I'm the middle child. I'm introverted. I'm a designer. I like fashion, architecture, and photography. So what I try to do is I try to weave this complex tapestry, this thread together, so that very few people can own this story. And this is the really great part. Everybody has this ability. So... In the beginning you asked me about my personal story my history i used to try to be like everyone else now i'm trying to be like no one else now there's a comedian his name is his minhaj he's muslim american he's from india i believe and he has done comedy routines where he really talks about being in this very uniquely Indian American neighborhood growing up in Northern California, in Sacramento, I believe. And the way he's able to tell his story and the jokes and the comedy, talking about what it's like to be brown and a minority, and we're trying to fit into white world really gave me a lot of courage to do the same. And so now, in the last year, maybe a year and a half, I've started to bring more of my culture, who I am. And at first I was a little nervous. I was thinking, does anybody care about this? Is, am I leaning too heavily on this? And the more I lean into it actually, the bigger the reaction I get. So talking about design through the Asian American experience or the stern Asian dad point of view connects to a lot of people. So they come up to me afterwards and like, I'm so glad you told me that story. I can't tell you how much I felt that in that moment. You're speaking for us Chris and that makes me feel really good I'm going to stand for something this is who I am you don't have to like it you can actually even hate it but for the people who like it I'm here I'm glad you showed up
0: وكده حلقه النهارده تكون خلصت يا الكل يكون استفاد منها وطبعا رايكم في كومنت او في وانتظرونا في اللي جاي عشان اللي جاي